0: If you didn't know, uh, the Crusades, and there were several of them, uh, were periods of the early Christian church where Christians just kind of decided that, you know, if you're not going to join us willingly, then we are going to go out and kill you or, you know, make you become a Christian. Because, I mean, look, guys, for being honest, you know, that's what Jesus wanted. And there were a lot of very questionable decisions that were made and uh, a lot of strange stories that arose from the Crusades. And we're going to look at three of them here on Our Weird World. Our Weird World Welcome to our weird world. I'm your host John Henson, and uh, this week we're looking at three stories from the early Christian Crusades. We're going to look at uh, Peter Bartholomew, the Siege of Marat, and the Children's Crusade. Um, just I, I'm honestly surprised there aren't more crazy stories, at least that I've you know haven't been able to find. But I mean, just the idea that like, and this is probably going to trigger some highly religious people, but just just the idea that like, oh. This thing that no one can see that I believe in is better than the thing that you can't see but also believe in, and we're going to kill you because you believe in a thing, a different thing that no one can see, you know? It's just, it's just crazy. People are just weird, so, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to get off that soapbox here and let's jump into the story. (laughs) Peter Bartholomew was a mystic from France who decided to join the first crusade under Raymond de Saint-Gilles because it was more exciting than really anything else that was going on in his life at the time. Uh, Things got even more exciting when Peter started having visions during the siege of Antioch. And in these visions, Andrew, uh, the disciple Andrew, uh, took Peter uh, to the church of Saint Peter. Uh, ironically, um, inside the city of Antioch and showed him where the Holy Lance could be found. Now, the Holy Lance, which is also known as the Spear of Destiny, because now we're, you know, getting into like some weird, you know, sci-fi fantasy storyline here. Um, This was allegedly the same spear that pierced Jesus's side as he hung on the cross. Now, Andrew told Peter to tell the crusade leaders about the visions that he was having and to give uh, the lance to Gilles when he found it. Peter, however, didn't do anything because, you know, at least initially he was like, these are just dreams. I'm probably just going crazy because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of stimuli, you know, I'm probably not eating as well. I'm probably kind of dehydrated. I'm under a lot of stress because I'm fighting these wars. Um, and and he, he had at least four different visions from Andrew. But What's crazy is like he actually began to go blind in February 1098, and he became so convinced that it was a punishment from Andrew that you know, he didn't do as he was commanded. So he kind of started to reconsider telling the Crusade leaders. In reality, uh, a famine had actually swept through the land and causing a lot of the Crusaders to suffer some form of illness. And in Peter's case, he started to go blind. So 10 days after the Crusaders conquered Antioch, uh, Peter and Gilles... Who you know? Peter had told Jill about you know his visions. Now they began excavating the church floor, and not only did they actually find the lance, which I guess is a real thing, uh, but Andrew actually came to Peter again in a vision and told uh, Peter to establish a feast, uh, a feast day in honor of the discovery. However, most of the crusaders, including the Pope's official representative, Andemar de Montel, didn't believe that the lance was the true relic, and instead thought Peter had just planted it, which. You know, I mean, there's a possibility there. Um, but when Adamar died later that year, Peter claimed that Adamar conveniently visited him in a dream and confirmed that the lance was in fact real. Sure, he did. Um, Peter adamantly promised that the lance, or, you know, the Holy Lance or the Spear of Destiny, would bring the Crusaders victory as they continued toward Jerusalem. And, you know, for the most part, it did. Um, you know, when they were attacked by a Muslim army a few weeks later and had, you know, a, a pretty easy victory. Um, although many of the Crusaders actually began to believe Peter, most of the nobles and the higher ups in the Crusader army did not. And the final straw came when Peter claimed that Jesus had visited him in a dream and told him that, the Crusaders needed to march to Jerusalem on barefoot, and while the Crusaders did leave Antioch and start their and started their march toward Jerusalem, they decided to keep their shoes or sandals or whatever they wore, you know, on their feet. Um, and ironically, that kind of uh, dovetails into the next story um, because. After they had just left Antioch, which uh, which was in Turkey, by the way, in June of 1098, uh, the Christians needed to find a place to hunker down for the winter before they could make it to Jerusalem. And for a well-prepared army, that wouldn't normally be a problem, but in the haste of wanting to go to war for Jesus, the Crusaders had completely forgotten to bring supplies and equipment or even set up supply lines to make things easier for themselves. So after raiding various cities in Turkey and Syria, the Crus- uh, the Crusaders returned to Marat, a, a an important city that was situated on the main road to Damascus. And the Crusaders had been routed in Marat earlier in the summer, and I mean, just completely decimated. And the residents of the city, when the Crusaders returned, openly taunted them for even thinking about trying to, you know, siege the city again. But for the next two weeks, the Crusaders tried to break through and get into the city. Um, eventually the crusaders built a siege tower allowing soldiers to easily hop over Marat's walls and enter the city. Additionally, knights had sneaked around to the other side of town and began climbing the unguarded walls. And by December 11th, the crusaders had actually captured the outskirts of the city while the Muslims retreated to the city center. Uh, Raymond de St. Gilles and Bohemond de Taranto, the crusade leaders opted to rest for the night and, you know, have, you know, all their energy to begin a full-scale attack in the morning however the poor crusaders who were low on supplies and very hungry just couldn't take any more fighting so they rushed into the city and completely routed it uh, the next morning the muslim commanders in the center of the city offered to negotiate a peaceful surrender and while bohemond uh, negotiated uh, gil and just led the entire army and conquered the interior part of the city and killed every single muslim they could find Um, Unfortunately, the crusaders had incorrectly assumed that an important city on the Damascus Road would yield a lot of bounty. Instead, they found it mostly pretty empty. And as December wore on, the majority of crusaders decided to just go ahead and march onto Jerusalem while Gilles and Bohemond argued over who got to rule the cities they conquered. And the cat is going insane right now for some reason. Um, Just running full speed back and forth. It's a large cat. I'm going to leave that in there. You know, it's a live show for the most part. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Now I'm just completely thrown off. Um, as December wore on, uh, the majority of the crusaders decided to march onto Jerusalem while Jill and Bohemond argued with each other over who got to rule the cities that the crusaders conquered. And with both of their leaders arguing, the crusaders, you know, had no one to really guide them. And so the crusaders, what is wrong with this cat? jeepers criminy anyway <laughs> uh, with no one to guide them the crusaders began using dogs and the bodies of the dead muslims around them in marat for food Adults were boiled while the children were just impaled and like rotisserieed over open, an open fire. Um, oftentimes the crusaders didn't even wait for the meat to finish cooking before they began chowing down on, you know, human flesh. So uh, the crusaders were actually cannibalizing uh, Muslims during the first crusade. Um Eventually, the cannibal crusaders got too rowdy and actually started destroying the city's walls, which forced Gilles to give up on trying to rule the city and just continued uh, the march south to Jerusalem. Now, while all this was going on, Peter Bartholomew was still trying to make sure that the crusade leaders were, you know, totally believing him. Um, And frustrated that they still didn't believe him, Peter subjected himself to what was called an ordeal by fire on April 8th, 1099. And usually during an ordeal by fire, the participant, usually someone who's already been condemned by the court of public opinion, is forced to walk a certain number of steps, either over red hot steel plates or holding a red hot iron in his hands. And the wounds then would be bandaged, bandaged and re-examined a few days later to see if God had healed them to prove innocence or if the wounds were festering to prove guilt. Because, you know, that's just the kind of dumb stuff that people used to think were real. Um, Peter, On the other hand, wanted to take it up a step further because he really wanted to believe that, you know, he wanted people to believe that he was having these visions. And so he just decided to walk directly through a gigantic bonfire. And when he emerged completely covered in flames, a crowd rushed in to, like, put all the flames out. Um, Peter insisted... That you know, despite the fact that he was b- severely burned, uh, Peter insisted he was fine because Jesus had appeared to him inside the fire. Of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, but Peter died two weeks later <laughs> from his severe burn wounds. So, you know that that all didn't work out here. Um, and then the first Crusade, Kitty, stop running. My God. Um. Anyway. The last story here uh, is the children's crusade. Um, after the first millennium in Europe, Christians throughout the continent, again, were getting really sick and tired of the rapid growth of Islam and just generally anyone else who didn't think Jesus was the greatest thing ever. Uh, They were especially annoyed by the fact that the Muslims had taken over the Holy land after the Christians had initially captured it following the first crusade. Um, And since the Jews were just kind of letting it happen, it was clearly God's divine plan that it was up to the Christians to take it back. The problem was that the early Christians were just really bad at waging Holy Wars. Um, in Cologne, Germany, a young shepherd boy named Nicholas believed that the Muslims would be defeated once they converted to Christianity. Uh, obviously, that was the whole point of the Crusades, but, you know, child's logic. Um After all, five previous attempts to simply kill all the Muslims hadn't gone so well. So Nicholas reasoned that a more, you know, if you can't beat them, join them approach would be more effective. Uh, Beyond this thought, though, he had no real substantive plan because he was a kid and blind faith and a bunch of equally stupid German children was all he needed to make sure that all the Muslims would just become Christians. So in the spring of the year 1212, over 20,000 children departed Cologne and headed for Switzerland with the idea of crossing the Alps to get to the Mediterranean. Nicholas felt really confident in that plan because God had told him that the seas were going to part like they did for Moses. So obviously it was going to happen. You guys, um, by the time the group reached Genoa, Italy, two thirds of the kids had either died or returned home because they hadn't bothered to pack any food or other supplies. I mean, that's, that's over 10,000 kids. Um, Nicholas eventually led the group of now 7,000 kids to the shores of the Mediterranean where, contrary to their belief, the seas did not part. Uh, At that point, some of the kids tried to revolt. Others just started throwing a tantrum and pouting and waiting for the seas to part, believing that God wouldn't actually betray them. But obviously nothing happened. Uh, Not to be defeated, though, Nicholas marched onto the Vatican, losing Kids with every single mile. Um, the smaller band of children eventually met with Pope Innocent the Third, who begged them to return home to Germany and not just be little dirt foot runaways. Um, you know, because, you know, Innocent the Third. No wait, we talked about never mind. I was gonna say we talked about Innocent the Third a couple of weeks ago, but we didn't. I think we talked about Innocent the Eighth. I don't know, man. All these Pope names with their same name but a different number, it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, Nicholas, along with uh, a few thousand of the other kids, died on the way back uh, across the Alps. And back in Cologne, Nicholas's father was arrested and hanged by the families for the runaway of the runaway children because bad parents always need someone else to blame for being awful parents. It's not because, you know, it's one parent's fault that 20,000 other kids just up and left. Like, it wasn't that there were, you know... 20,000 or, you know, whatever the case, or 40,000, you know, other bad parents out there. You know, it's just one. It's one, and they're going to get the blame. It wasn't our fault that our kid ran away. It was that guy's fault, so whatever. Um, meanwhile, while this was all going on, uh, there was another children's crusade uh, going on in France when a uh, 12-year-old shepherd boy, Stefan from Cloyes, received a letter from Jesus uh, because, you know, Jesus used the mail, you know, obviously, because he was, way past you know coming back from heaven and talking to people like he did in the in the latter parts of the new testament he was just kind of resorting to more modern forms of long distance human communication and so after stefan showed the letter to king philip ii uh the the king quickly dismissed it's like you're a crazy person you just want attention but uh stefan Showed the other boys and cloys. Oh, that's a fun little rhyme. Showed the boys and cloys. Anyway, and he became a hero to all the kids in the neighborhood because, you know, they all believed that Stefan had been chosen by God Himself and that there was absolutely no way that Stefan just forged a letter on his own or that a kid was playing a prank on him. That would be an epic prank back in the day. You just write a letter and then, you know, give it to this kid and just be like, you know, or not give it to the kid, but like plant it, and so the kid thinks he just received a magical letter from Jesus, and then, and then you see what happens next. And God, I mean, you're like the prank king. Um, so, within a few weeks, Stefan had assembled his own kind of kiddie cult of thirty thousand children, more than what was in Cologne, uh, many of which claimed to have just been given special gifts from God, including the ability to form miracles. So basically, like, remember how? You know, you had, you know, your special little clubs or gangs as a kid and, you know, or maybe you just like played Power Rangers or superheroes and you all, you know, kind of pretended you had your own little powers. Like, that's what's going on here, except it's 30,000 kids all claiming like, I have the ability to walk on water. I have the ability to bring people back from the dead. Watch me. Watch me. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and Philip II, like, he sees all of this going on and he's he orders all of the children to disband and return home. But instead, Stefan continued preaching and gaining followers, and he then promised to lead a crusade of Christians to Jerusalem to defeat Islam once and for all. And by June of uh 1212, uh, Stefan and his followers had actually marched all the way to Marseille, but you know when they got there they spent the majority of their time begging for food rather than preaching or making any progress because you know they had no ability to actually take care of themselves um and eventually though you know once they got to marseille a lot of them ended up returning back to cloys or wherever they came from in france and that crusade died out and that is the end of our stories today So there you go. A couple of strange stories from the Christian Crusades. Um, Yeah, you know, just proof that wars centered around religion are pretty stupid. You know, just, you know, really, you know, you should probably just keep it to yourself. You know, whatever works for you, works for you. may not necessarily work for someone else, um, but just let people live their lives, man, you know. And that's, that's all you got to do. Let's see what we learned today. What did we learn? Number one, uh, the Holy Lance or the Spear of Destiny may or may not be a real relic um, that actually pierced the side of Jesus as he hung on the cross. Uh, but, you know, it's probably like the... Um, oh god what is it called the uh the other thing that they looked for in the national treasure movies whatever that is i can't believe i'm blanking on it right now i should know this um but yeah that it's like those kind of relics the the things i should god i'm gonna be so angry with myself anyway um number two i have a cat And apparently there was something wrong with it because it just got the zoomies and just started running up and down the hall while I was recording, which was rude. Cats are rude. Uh, Number three, up to 50,000 children in Europe in the in the I I don't know what you would call that decade or, you know, in the tens and twelve hundreds were just preposterously stupid and thought that they were actually going to go kill all the Muslims uh, and turn the whole world into Christians next week on our weird world we are going back to uh, a slightly darker topic uh, the mysterious death or disappearance uh, of the Sodder family uh, it was a family in West Virginia in the 1940s And uh, their house went up in flames and several of their children just disappeared. uh, And no one actually knows what happened to them. So uh, come back next week for that one. So thank you again for everyone who listens to this dumb show. Uh, Tell all your friends about it. Maybe they'll like it too. And keep it weird. I am such an idiot. It was na- it's not, it wasn't national treasure, it was the Da Vinci Code and they were looking for the Holy Grail. God, I should I, that's why I don't watch movies because you know, I don't remember any of them. But, you yeah, know, whatever. It's all silly.